Why do we choose to do something that is difficult? Here's a quote from President John Kennedy, September 12, 1962. He was speaking at Rice University. He said, we, cho- we choose to go to the moon in this decade, not because it's easy, but because it's hard, because that goal will serve to organize and measure the best of our energies and skills, because that challenge is one that we are willing to accept, one we are unwilling to postpone, and one which we intend to win. Hi, pals. This is Blaine Hill with the Simply Stated podcast for you, the Journey Sunday School class at Lake Murray Presbyterian Church in Chapin, South Carolina. This season of the podcast is on Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, which you can find in Matthew Matthew chapters 5 through 7. Today we are reading in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 through 14. I'll uh, try to lay out a few basic ideas, stated simply, then we'll draw some wisdom out of the passage. Uh, Today I'm recording after our Sunday school lessons, a little follow-up, so hopefully I'll bring some some of the insight of the class itself. But let's hear now from the Gospel of Matthew. Enter the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the road is easy that leads to destruction, and there are many who take it. For the gate is narrow and the road is hard that leads to life, and there are few who find it. Well, this is a, a strong uh, statement by Jesus, really uh, even pointed uh, and tough, maybe is the word. Let's, let's look at some basic stuff. The structure of the passage is important. This is kind of a sticky saying. What I mean by that is it's written, designed, and uh, shaped so that it is easy to remember, even if we don't intend to memorize it, the cadences and the repetition of the passage make it stick in our mind. It's kind of like a meme that you get on your phone, really. It's an idea with the power to repeat itself. Uh, If you sit down with the passage and circle the repeated words, you'll, you'll be surprised at how little vocabulary this passage actually takes. So it's structured to be memorized. And we'll read it again since it's short at the end of the passage. Be worth memorizing. Well, let's, it's important to look at this in its context. What came before it? What came after it? Uh, last week, we looked at verses 1 through 12 in the Sermon on the Mount. Um, and uh, we, we looked at Jesus' te- teaching on judgment and discernment, on prayer and creative imagination. Uh, so th- this passage follows... Um, some real-life advice, Uh, not advice, but perhaps wisdom, Um, comes very practically. This is also the first of three contrasts Jesus uses in concluding his Sermon on the Mount. We have the two ways here. We're going to see the two harvests and the two builders. So Jesus has been, in the Sermon on the Mount, speaking to a great many very real-life topics, if you will, uh, resentment, uh, uh, conflict in relationships, marriage, divorce, money. Uh, he's also talked very practically about religious practice, prayer, fasting, almsgiving. Uh, here he's summarizing up uh, with some images. Uh, and here we get the two ways, the two paths, the two roads. It's important to know uh, the phrase way uh, for the uh, 
New Testament imagination really means way of life, I think. It is an ethical word. Uh, another word for it is walk, an old-fashioned, for us kind of phrase. Maybe you've heard it, maybe you haven't. Uh, for one Christian might ask another, how's your walk going? And, meaning, how, how is your actual life of faith going? Uh, and like all those questions, it can be a question to encourage or to prod. But the thing I want you to see is that the idea of a walk, of a way, of a path is uh, meant to be our actual life. We see this is really blunt and tough speech. And it's worth noting this toughness at the end of the sermon mirrors the grace and tenderness that we found at the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount. The beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, we had what are called the Beatitudes, a series of blessings that Jesus pronounces. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the meek. It goes on and on like that, merely proclaiming God's goodwill to people who are in a tough situation. Uh, this passage doesn't negate it, but there's a, a balancing or mirroring uh, between the beginning and the end of Jesus' sermon. Something that we uh, should take away from this, that Jesus is acknowledges life outside of Jesus is alluring. The idea of do as you see fit. Uh, the trouble is, uh, any mature and experienced view of the world knows that we have to live with limitations. Life is chaotic and hard even when we observe sound limitations. Um, and so the question is not, are we going to submit to borders, boundaries, and uh, uh, for our walk of life, but what set of borders will we submit to? On what basis will you make the difficult decisions in difficult circumstances? Uh, the fact is those are going to come, and we're going to have to make those decisions. Even the decision to ignore them is really... Uh, kind of decision. So the question for us as Christians uh, or those who are following Jesus is how do we look to Jesus' words and his life to inform how we live our life? Uh, what kind of shape does Jesus give to the pa our path of life? So so this really presses us to say to show that we're going to have, have to make decisions in how we live, uh, whether to live according to the way Jesus teaches or by some other way. I'd like to link this to uh, a, a passage in the Gospel of John. Jesus says something similarly uh, tough, maybe. Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. In our class together, someone pointed out that uh, while that is certainly a direct statement of how Jesus sees uh, religious life or salvation, or uh, it is not... Uh, saying that it is not a, it has no sense of exclusion, whereas Jesus teaching it from Matthew uh, very bluntly says that uh, there's an easy path that many will take and it doesn't lead to eternal life. In our conversation, this raised an essential question. When Jesus speaks in our passage today, uh, when he uh, talks about the road that leads to life, what does he mean by that? What does Jesus mean when he says there's a road that leads to destruction? And so often, churches have simply assumed that that has to deal with eternity, uh, damnation, or salvation. The trouble with viewing these passages in that way is that's not what Jesus has been talking about. Jesus has been talking about uh, how do we interact with other people? Uh, do we judge and condemn them? 
Uh, are we wise and discerning? Uh, do we seek things in prayer, but also use our imagination? Those are the four things Jesus has just been talking about. Um, he's been talking about human relationships and uh, spiritual practice in very, very, uh, if not concrete, concrete in very real terms and in vi- vivid language. So it, it doesn't seem like Jesus is talking about heaven and hell, salvation and damnation. He's talking about life and destruction. Another way to think about this is that in Jesus Christ, God graciously gives us eternal life when we trust through trust in Jesus Christ. Uh, so the question for us becomes not how can we uh, work our, or behave our way to heaven. We can't. Uh, but knowing that God has drawn us into his kingdom, how are we going to walk? How are we going to behave? How are we going to live? What are the guides for our, our, our ethical and moral decisions? So when Jesus is talking about the way that leads to destruction, maybe he's talking about destruction, chaos, mayhem in our life. If we take the easy way, uh, then our life is going to be destroyed from day to day. Whereas if we make hard decisions, we will be led on the, in a path that leads to life day to day. Uh, that seems to be the distinction Jesus is emphasizing here. Uh, he talks about eternity in plenty of places, uh, but that doesn't seem to really be his topic at this point. So what, what is he talking about? Well, he, he's trying to point out to us that the application of his, his teaching, of uh, the way of life he's been teaching now for uh, two, almost uh, more than two chapters, it's not easy. He's acknowledging that it's hard, but it is the way that l- leads to abundant, profound, and real life, uh, a life connected to God and a life rightly connected to our neighbors. So just quickly, if, if we outline the 12 verses before this, um, we, Jesus has some instruction for us. He says, don't judge and condemn. Don't judge lest you be judged. You may have heard that. Um, don't judge and condemn. We're not to condemn people. And then he offers us a little caveat. Don't, don't throw pearls before swine. That means be discerning. Just because you don't condemn people doesn't mean that you don't keep your wits about you and, and, and you can still tell your right from your left something that's good from something that's bad. Um, so we, we're not to condemn, but we've, we've got to be discerning. And surely that's a hard path. And that's hard to figure out and then often hard to apply. Um, He goes on in the the verses that precede today's teaching on the gate. He encourages us to ask. Ask and it will be given to you. Search and keep searching. You'll find it. Knock and keep on knocking. That door is going to open. Jesus encourages us to be persistent in prayer, to seek from our Heavenly Father what it is we need. And and I, I think even what it is we simply want. So he encourages us to prayer. So there's uh, some spiritual application to depend on our Father and ask. And then he has a, a little addendum to that that almost everyone knows. We call it the golden rule. And everything do to others as you would have them do to you, for this is the law and the prophets. So uh, I like to think about that as Jesus saying, okay, pray for what you want, but you need to be, use your imagination when you're dealing with people as well. We need to be creative. In, in how uh, we make our way in the world. Our, our encouragement to ask and seek and knock doesn't excuse us from engaging in the world with a, a mind that pays attention to our neighbor, 
to think about what it would be like to be them. Maybe just to ask them so we can know what it is, how they would like to be treated. Um, in our conversation in class, uh, we talked a little bit about this as perhaps the kind of created creativity that is in us that uh, is part of being made in the image of God. Um, so that creativity. And that can be a very narrow way. Being creative uh, is incredibly empowering, but, but it's not easy. Uh, or sometimes it's very difficult to think creatively about the people around us, the situation around us, not to simply, I find it hard not to run on my assumptions. Uh, for example, I can, I can, someone can say something to me or do something that affects me, and I can think I understand why they did it. I can sort of escalate my nutty little brain and say, well, they did that because you know, they don't appreciate me. And, uh, you know, I don't know that. I, I need to use some imagination and creativity to think about the other person. And uh, that is a narrow, more narrow way. Um, and that's the way Jesus is inviting us to ask in prayer, but also to be creative and imaginative in how we think about the people around us. Kind of want to wrap up uh, by saying it's important to know Jesus is not trying to be hard-nosed he, here. Uh, he is warning, of us, warning us of danger and trying to show us the best way to live. Uh, in this teaching, he, it's very much like the beginning of the book of Psalms. Psalm 1, verses 1 and 2 says this, Happy are those who do not follow the advice of the wicked, or take the path that sinners tread, or sit in the seat of scoffers. But their delight, the happy's delight, is in the law of the Lord. And on this law they meditate day and night. Happy uh, is a word that may, Jesus may have been saying, the Aramaic word that's pretty close to the Hebrew word uh, that gives us happy here. My point in that is not to teach you some Bible grammar or vocabulary, but to know this, the word blessed at the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount is very similar to this first word in the book of Psalms. Happy are those who follow. Don't, don't follow the wide way, but follow the narrow path. Jesus is warning us about the danger of an easy way of life. And he's giving us an invitation that leads to true and abundant life. Well, Piles, uh, I hope this has been helpful and somewhat insightful to you. I would love to hear feedback from you, any suggestions, uh, whether those are about the technology or the content or something, you, a question you have, a suggestion you'd like to make. And uh, now let, let me close with a, a word of prayer to guide you for the day. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your, the gift of your Son, Jesus, and the teaching that he brings us, the eternal life he gives us in his life, death, and resurrection. God, we pray that you would give us the wisdom to discern the right way to live and the courage and strength to live in the way you call us to, that we would... Uh, love those around us and uh, live out your blessings to us by sharing them with other people. We love you and thank you, Father. Amen. Thanks again, pals, and I look forward to talking to you soon.